Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton Thompson. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported more than 3,000 women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. Together, we'll break your past patterns and eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and it is Saturday, but I am here solo. Chris is on daddy duty currently, and there are so many questions. I was just excited to dive in and talk about them. Tons of questions. We're going to talk about sugar addiction today. We are going to talk about resentment. We are going to talk about making more money. We are going to talk about business, parenting, personalities, so many good things. Lots and lots of questions. I don't even think I'll be able to get to all the ones that came in for this week, so I think I'll split it into two weeks, but we'll see how the time goes. Before I tell you what we're giving away today, I want to remind you of something that I announced for the first time last Saturday. If you have not yet listened to last Saturday's episode, I suggest going back and doing so. Here's the scoop. I am in the process of writing my third book. This is the book I am crazy excited about. It's all it's the book I thought would be my second book, but then life happened. And my second book actually comes out this Tuesday, the 26th of October. It's called Tools for the Trenches. That's a huge announcement. But in addition to that, what I have decided to do is work with a relatively small group of people compared to the groups I've worked with before, beginning in January, we are going to prioritize action together and we are going to have a group that is all about taking action and holding each other accountable. It's going to start the first week of January. I think that's like the third or the fourth, um, but I have a wait list for it. So essentially, as I write my third book, which is about overcoming excuses and taking action and sort of the method for doing that, for putting what we know into action and overcoming things like lack of motivation or the all or nothing mindset, the thought that I'll start tomorrow. So what I'm going to be doing long before this book ever comes out, because it probably won't come out until 2023, I'm going to be sharing one chapter at a time with only this group. And then we're going to together talk about how each of us individually are going to put it into action. And collectively as a group, we're going to hold each other accountable. It's going to be all about action. And I can't think of a better way to start off the year. It's going to be 16 weeks and we might make it longer if we decide we, we need it to be a little bit longer, but I'm beyond pumped for it. I'm going to put the wait list, the link to the wait list in the show description for today's episode. I also talked a little bit about it in last Saturday's episode, so listen to that. The link for the waitlist is also in the description for last Saturday's episode. But folks on the waitlist are not only going to get all the details first, all the logistics, but they're also going to be the only ones that get a discount and the first ones to grab their spot. Because again, it is going to be a smaller group, relatively speaking. So check out the link in the description for today's episode. 
You'll also find there a link for what we are giving away. If you listened to, I did a bonus episode this week. I think it aired on Tuesday. And it doesn't have an episode number. It just begins with bonus. If you haven't listened to that, you need to. It was all about how inflammation that most of us don't even know is going on inside of us because we can't obviously see it. And more often than not, we can't even feel it. But it can be to blame for weight gain, trouble losing weight. It can be to blame for brain fog, for depression, for anxiety, for hormonal challenges, for infertility challenges. If you have not listened to that episode, go right now, mark in your calendar when you're going to listen to it. It aired on Tuesday. And in it, we talked about a particular supplement that I use to help with systemic inflammation, even if you don't feel it and know you have it. And it's called Relief Plus. That's what I'm going to give away today. If you listen to that bonus episode, I know you're really excited about that. We will announce the winner at the end of today's episode. So stay tuned. I'll also share how you can win. Okay, let's dive into the questions. The first one is a big one. And I've gotten a lot of questions about sugar addiction. Is sugar addiction real? Do you believe in sugar addiction? How do you overcome sugar addiction? A ton of people saying they believe that they are sugar addicted. And I want to emphasize, this is just my view on it. And it is very okay if you don't share my view, all right? So I know that not everybody listening is going to agree with what I have to say about this. That's fine. You don't have to. One of the beautiful things about life is that we have different opinions. I meet a lot of people who feel like it's a problem when there are conflicting views, and I'm not one of those people. I think it's natural, and it's perfectly okay if there are conflicting views. So if you don't agree with me, that's okay. Is sugar addiction a real thing? Let me put it this way. If you are an individual who believes that you are addicted to sugar, if I said to you, hey, tomorrow we're leaving for a service trip to Africa, I've paid your way, you don't have to worry about time off work, I've taken care of it, I've taken care of the kids, we're going, and we're going to work side by side, it's going to be amazing, and you're all in, right? And you believe you're sugar addicted, would you suffer horrible consequences in that week in Africa when all of your sugar fixes are unavailable. Because I've, I've been to Africa, I went to Ghana, and we basically ate the peanut butter we brought, <laughs> and we ate goat and beans and rice. That's, that's we were there for what, 10 days or so. Um, that's what we ate. And it was at a time when I would have told you I was addicted to sugar. At the time that I went, I want to say it was like 2004, but it might have been 2007. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. I was over 350 pounds. I had no withdrawal from sugar. None. I was fine. When we talk about addiction, you know, if somebody is addicted to an illegal drug or prescription medication, anything like that, they have to be really careful coming down off of it because they can get very sick. We see this with even legal substances like alcohol. If you're severely alcohol addicted, you have to be careful. But if I said to you like, hey, we're going to the Bahamas and it's going to be a wellness retreat and I'm controlling everything that everybody eats, you would not be in trouble. You know, like you might have a headache, but does that mean that you're truly addicted to sugar? 
I don't think so. I don't think so. I've seen, I've seen it happen all the time where people all of a sudden, you know, make a big change in their diet or when people go on The Biggest Loser and they don't have sugar. A lot of them would tell you they thought they were addicted to sugar, but it's more of a behavioral, a behavioral crutch than it is a true addiction. And here's the problem with the thinking. I mean, I think there's a lot of problems with the thinking, but vegetables have sugar in them. So are you in big trouble and you have to cut out vegetables or they're causing some kind of problem? Like, no, of course not. And I don't believe, I do personally, one woman's opinion, I do not believe that if I said, hey, we're going off to Tahiti for a wellness retreat and I'm bringing 10 people who feel they're sugar addicted, that we'd need like medical interventions for their come off. I, I just, I don't think it's true. The other thing that I believe to be a huge problem with this way of thinking is you're making yourself very, very, very small and you're focused on the problem. Guys, there are people doing amazing things. People with two prosthetic legs doing intense dancing competitions or running marathons or you know, hiking mountains. And I, and I could give a million other examples of people who are doing insane things. And you think that you're addicted to sugar. Come on. I want you to expect more from yourself. I want you to believe more about yourself. I want you to set higher expectations. I want you to know there's almost nothing you can't do. There is almost nothing you can't do. And it's just really not believing very much about yourself to have that perspective. Just, just my two cents. Um, I've done a lot of episodes on on sugar and cravings and behavioral patterns that you're feeling it's, it's hard to break out from. But I need you to think bigger. I need you to believe more about yourself. I need you to look more at humanity and see the amazing things that people are doing every single day and not lock yourself into this tiny story that like you're struggling with food. And I'm not saying you're not struggling with food. I have struggled with food. But I need you to make life bigger. I need you to believe yourself to be bigger, more capable than that. I could go off on that for a million years, but that's where we'll stop for today. All right, the next question says, um, do, 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 do. can you talk about developing numerous income sources? I'm curious to learn new ways to generate income. Yes, I can talk about that. Uh, developing numerous sources of income. So I've done a few episodes on this and I wanna start with giving you those. Got a pen? Hit pause and grab a pen if this is something you're curious about. Episode 830, 830, episode 670, 670, and episode 624. I've already talked about that in, in those episodes. Um, I also have done a couple of webinars and presentations one all about side hustles, another on what affiliate marketing is and how you can get started with that. I'll put those links in the show description. So in the show description, you're going to see the wait list for our January action taking program. You're going to see the link for Relief Plus for those of you who want to add that into your protocol for getting healthier and minimizing inflammation. And I will also link up the webinar and the presentation I did on both side hustles and affiliate marketing. 
So going back to the question, though, just so I don't point you off to resources and I, and I give you something helpful here, can you talk about developing numerous income sources? I'm curious to know uh, new ways to generate income. I really believe that when we know better, we must do better. And in 2021, in this day and age in which we live, it's just not responsible to have only one stream of income for yourself, right? And I'm not talking about like, well, it's a household and I have mine and my spouse has his or hers. No, for yourself. I believe, personal opinion, that it is not responsible to have only one stream of income. Your business could go under. You could get fired. You could get laid off. Uh, any number of things. Your position could be eliminated for any number of reasons. You might not be able to work. You know, your job is there and you still have it, but for some reason you, you can't work and you have used up your short-term disability or whatever that is. We have to, before it becomes necessary, before it's a crisis situation, we have to make sure that we have others. And the beautiful thing is it's never been easier. It's not 1950 and your only option is to like get another job. That's not the reality of the world in which we live. And it's also not that you have to have a ton of money in order to have multiple streams of income. In fact, I think if you don't have a lot of money, it's most important. There are so many ways to have multiple streams of income without lots of overhead or an investment. I think those episodes will help, 830, 676, 24. Uh, so just to go over some options. And they don't all require more time. You might think, I don't have time for that. There are some that really don't take hardly any time. One of my primary uh, additional streams of income is something I don't spend more than 10 or 15 minutes a week on. 10 or 15 minutes a week. And that is uh, my affiliate relationship with Amari. And you might think, well, I don't have an audience. You don't, you don't need an audience. I have people on my team who don't have any kind of audience and they're still making two, three, four hundred bucks a week. Is that a ton of money? No, but it's a start. It's absolutely a start for very, very little. Um, you don't have to put in a lot of time for that kind of money. If you want to make more money, you got to put in a little bit of time, a little bit more time, but it's all doable. It's not a full-time effort. Um, certain things like real estate. You might think, oh, I don't have the money for a down payment. So get creative. There are a ton of people in the real estate world who are buying investment properties with no money down. There are absolutely ways to make that happen. If you don't know them, then your next step would be to educate yourself about what those ways are. There's so many different things. For those who have more time, there's limitless freelancing opportunities. You can be a virtual assistant. You can transcribe stuff. You can help people with spreadsheet organization. Or if you're more skilled, you can do design. You can do bookkeeping. You can do whatever. Check out sites like Upwork uh, or Fiverr for ways that you can freelance. Um, some of my additional streams of income, things like books and journals, uh, obviously that takes a lot of time on the front end. But once it's done, you know, like I don't spend any time on chasing cupcakes now, but it makes me money every day. Uh, what are some other ways? I have, I have real estate investments. I have affiliate relationships. Um, you can learn all about that either in the presentation that I did on side hustles, which again, link will be in the description, or the one I did on affiliate marketing or those episodes 830, 670, and 624. 
The next question says, how did you grow your business audience from scratch? So most of you guys know Primal Potential is about seven and a half years old now. When I started, the only people who knew or cared that I started a business were my husband at the time and my mom. That was it. (laughs) Nobody else cared. So I started from zero as almost everybody does. A lot of people, I think, don't start because they're like, I won't have any customers. I won't have any listeners. I won't have any readers. Most people don't when they start. So how did I grow it from scratch? The only answer here is consistency. The only answer is that I consistently provided what I felt was valuable to the customers that I wanted to get. Even when nobody was listening, I was putting out podcasts. Even when nobody was reading, I was writing blogs and emails. The only answer here is consistently putting out resources that are valuable to your ideal customer. There are a lot of people who would want to complicate that, but honestly, that is my only, only answer. My only answer. All right, next question says, as a first-time mom of an almost three-month-old, my question is, what tools can you use to tackle feelings of resentment toward your partner? And I asked for clarification on like, well, resentment about what? Because it could be any number of things. And this person said, um, imbalance of the domestic load, being the default parent, uh, having to ask for help to take a break instead of just being able to take a break, uh, gender roles while both working full time. So this question came in and I was like, I understand this because I've got a five-month-old and I'm at home all day, but I also still have a very much a full-time job. And when you're exclusively breastfeeding, there's a lot that falls on me. So I've certainly had those moments I can relate to like, must be easy <laughs> to be in, in you know, my husband's shoes versus mine. In terms of the tips for, for dealing with the feelings of resentment, the first one that I use is gratitude. Like I wanted this. I wanted to be a mom and I wanted to breastfeed. And so I can absolutely think about it in a way that makes me angry, right? But I can also think about it in a way that doesn't make me angry. And my, I've shared with you guys at the start that my second book, Tools for the Trenches, comes out in, on Tuesday, the 26th of October. And in one of the chapters, I talk about this, how, uh, and I think this was actually the chapter I read on the podcast about how You know, when you go to the eye doctor, I wear contacts and glasses, so if you don't, you might not have had this experience, but they put the like black thing against your face, it's called an occluder, and they flip the lenses, like do you see more clearly with this one or this one? Is this one better or this one? Is it more blurry, less blurry, more clear, less clear? And as I thought about that, I realized that our perspective is the same way, and so through a certain filter you can feel resentment. Like, I feel more resentment when I look at it like this. And just from my own experience, when I look at it like, you still get to do everything you want to do. You don't have to ask for help. Like, I very much can relate in from a certain perspective to being the default parent, right? So then I have to ask myself, well, through what perspective do I have to consider it? Through what lens do I have to look to feel differently? And through the lens of gratitude, through the lens of appreciation, through the lens of, thank God, I got an opportunity again to be a mom after the loss of our daughter, through that, I don't feel that. I don't feel that way. I feel very differently. So how do you need to see it 
to feel differently. The other thing that I think can be a big help is ask for what you need. Ask for what you need for the longest time. And even sometimes still, I wanted Chris to kind of know what I needed him to do and then act accordingly, but I, I have to communicate that. I'm, he's not a mind reader, and I'm not telepathic. So we, we started to find things that worked for us to do that. And I, and I think that that's required for everybody. But I think the biggest thing is perspective. How do I need to see this to feel differently? Through what lens am I less angry? Through what lens am I less resentful? And again, there's a whole chapter on that for Tools for the Trenches, so I think that would be a really helpful book to, to go to. Um, somebody said, are you and Chris into the Enneagram at all? No. I've done the whole thing. Like I, I, have, I have before known what my number was or whatever, but not enough to remember and be able to share it. And Chris doesn't like those kind of assessments. He's talked about that before. All right. Uh, How do you make yourself do what you know you need to do? I know what to do and how I should be eating, but I get lost in my day. And by the time I go to bed, I feel like a failure, a fat failure. Question for you. Would you ever call me a fat failure if I shared with you, hey, I said I was going to eat really well today, but I didn't. We went out for pizza and I had pizza and I had a beer. If I told you that, would you be like, well, you're a fat failure? I really don't think you would. So if you would not assess somebody else's behavior that way, don't assess your own behavior that way, number one. But in terms of the primary question, how do you make yourself do what you need to do, I would suggest going to episode 903. Have many reasons. You not only need to have many reasons, they have to be strong and you have to revisit them often. Because when we fail to do what we feel like we need to do, it's usually because the, the why we should do it is not big enough and the, the why we're going to let ourselves off the hook is bigger and more prevalent. Please, 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 even if you've already listened to it, go back and listen to episode 903. All right. I'm wondering how to handle criticism. I'm feeling like I'm doing more wrong than right in my job. My team is angry and I feel this fight or flight response where I want to just run and hide. Like I can't take one more negative thing. And it feels false to tell myself that I'm doing good or change is hard. My own brain is telling me I'm failing. Focus on the solution instead of the problem. Right? I mean, in terms of the question of how to handle criticism, instead of labeling it as good or bad or even making it about you, make it about the work and see it as an opportunity to get better and separate how you feel about what's being said to what you can do, from what you can do about what is being said. It's not always personal. This goes back to something that I write about in Tools for the Trenches as well. Remove yourself from the center of the story. Don't make it about you. This is about work. This is about execution. This is about projects or timeframes or all of those things. It's not about you as a person. Remove yourself from the center of the story and read that chapter in Tools for the Trenches when it comes out on the 26th. Okay. I'm a new follower and you may have addressed this in prior podcasts that I have not yet gotten to. So if this is redundant, please understand. My questions are related to balance between work and home and stress management. 
how to keep stress from overwhelming and sabotaging your goals, mainly food-related. I don't know if it's because Chasing Cupcakes is on my mind. Uh, I'm not Chasing Cupcakes, Tools for the Trenches. But what I would say is the feeling can ride with you, but it can't drive. You have to practice not letting how you feel drive what you do. The feeling can ride with you, the stress, the overwhelm, but it doesn't drive. And that means it doesn't make your decisions for you. You can be angry or frustrated or stressed or overwhelmed and still make, this person said it's mainly food related, and still make a great, healthy, positive, goal-oriented choice. There is nothing about being stressed or overwhelmed that keeps you from doing that. So the feeling can ride, but it cannot drive. That is a practice. And I really think that the chapter on that in the book will help. Uh, When I get super stressed, all I want to do is take a nap. Okay, take a nap. If this is food related, then that shouldn't be a problem. Go take a nap. If you can't take a nap, get done what you need to get done so that you can, so that you can go to bed. How do you achieve and maintain balance so you keep motivated towards your goals? You're never going to keep motivated. Motivation is a feeling. Just like you're never going to stay happy all the time, you're never going to stay calm all the time, feelings ebb and flow. What you're looking for, and I think I talked about this in last Saturday's episode, so listen to that. What you're looking for is consistent or disciplined. I created the Changemakers Journal for this reason, so if you're not using that as a tool, I think it would be really helpful. All right, the winner for today, Relief Plus, is Sherry.Ruder. I think I'm pronouncing that right. If your Instagram is sherry.r-u-e-t-e-r, email me, elizabeth at primalpotential.com. Within 60 days of this episode airing, tell me that you were the winner of episode 926 and include your mailing address and I'll ship you out the uh, new and improved formula for Relief Plus. You can win, super easy. Leave a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or a review of Chasing Cupcakes or now Tools for the Trenches on Amazon or post on Facebook or Instagram an episode of this show that you are loving or that you have learned from. And every single week, we give something away. So I think that's it. I think that's all we have. Check out Tools for the Trenches on Tuesday. We'll probably be talking about that more next week. And if you have questions for the show, let me know. If you asked a question this past week that I didn't get to, that's just because we're going to get to it next week. So tune in then. I'll chat with you soon. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, make sure to take a few seconds to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. It not only supports the show in a huge way, but it also automatically enters you into our weekly product giveaway. For more tools, tips, and strategies on creating change, check out my first book, Chasing Cupcakes, and follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Remember, every choice is a chance, and I'll see you next time.